And good afternoon, GRN listeners across the South and Central Texas listening area. This is your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean, your program host uh, every Monday at noon. I'm also your general manager for the Guadalupe Radio Network's South and Central Texas listening area. Thank you to everyone tuning in from Marble Falls, Fredericksburg, Kerrville, Uvalde, and right here in good old San Antonio. I'm grateful that you've decided to spend this hour joining us and getting caught up on all things Catholic in South and Central Texas. Uh, so if you're new to the program, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, what we try to do every Monday at noon is bring you a variety of informative discussions highlighting different people, ministries, and events going on in the Archdiocese of San Antonio and parts of the Diocese of Austin. And today we're going to be talking to a good friend friend of ours, Mr. Bobby Contreras. Uh, he's going to be discussing St. Michael the Archangel. He's going to talk about all things St. Michael uh, and the upcoming feast day of the Archangels on Thursday, September 29th. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, uh, Father Jorge Cabrera de la Eucaristia uh, of the uh, he's the, you know, sup, you know, he's the superior for the Descalced, uh, Carmelite fathers here in San Antonio. Uh, they're out of the, uh, Basilica of the Little Flower. He's going to be on to discuss, uh, all things St. Teresa Lasua and her upcoming, uh, feast day, which is actually this Saturday, October 1st. Uh, so before we get to those discussions, let's get today's program the way that we should do all things, uh, and that is in prayer. So as we pray, let us all ask that the Lord would make his will known to us and for the grace to accomplish his will in loving obedience. So join me, please, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear God, may everything we do begin with your inspiration, continue with your help and reach perfection under your guidance. With your loving care, lead all of us in our daily actions. Help us to persevere in love and sincerity. Bless us with an abundance of courage in proclaiming your holy name and the teachings of your church. Grant us the grace to do your will in loving obedience. Heavenly Father, keep us under your constant protection and draw us ever closer to you. We ask all this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Saints Cosmas and Damian, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pillar of families, pray for us. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, Pray for us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Yeah, so uh, again, we've got, you know, I think uh, what's going to be a, a fascinating show. Uh, it's always a pleasure to talk to, to Bobby about uh, St. Michael, talk about the, you know, the, the holy angels. Uh, you know, he actually, you know, ha- has a lot going on. He's also a, uh, you know, he's part of the, um, the ministry of the, the servants of divine mercy, uh, which is a religious order founded by Padre Martin Scott. Uh, he's got some events going on, uh, you know, in the coming weeks. So, uh, maybe he'll tell us, uh, some, you know, some more about that. But before I get, you know, uh, Bobby on the program, I do want to recap some things that took place, uh, last week. Want to really thank the, uh, Texas, uh, Bishop, or excuse me, the, the Bishop Thomas J. Flanagan chapter, uh, Knights of Columbus. 
Uh, you know, for the invitation to be out there at the uh, appreciation dinner for clergy and religious uh, back on Friday. Uh, it was a, a beautiful time, you know, getting a chance to visit with a lot of the priests, a lot of the sisters in religious orders. Uh, just a, a wonderful time out there. Um, also want to wish uh, a birthday, a very happy birthday uh, to Father Mesa, a pastor at St. Paul Catholic Church, and a happy birthday to Father Juan Carlos Tejada, a pastor at St. Timothy Catholic Church. Uh, you know, may the Lord bless you both uh, with the abundance of uh, love, joy, and good health uh, in, in this in, in this year. Uh, actually, St. Timothy Catholic Church is where you can, uh, you know, uh, you know, participate and, and uh, you know, be part of the, the Latin Mass that's celebrated out there at 1230 on, on Sundays. Uh, got a couple things going on this week. Uh, we've got the Solemn Mass of Roses, uh, which will be celebrated by Bishop Gary Yannick, commemorating the feast day of St. Therese, the Little Flower. Uh, that's going to be held at Little Flower Basilica on October 1st at 5.30 p.m. Uh, there will be a reception that follows. Uh, this mass and, and this 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 celebration uh, is actually hosted by the Discalced Carmelite Fathers of San Antonio and the Little Flower Parish community. Uh, for more information on that, you can visit little, littleflowerbasilica.org and scroll down to see uh, you know, their, their coming, uh, upcoming events. Uh, and October 7th through the 9th is the Sanctus Ranch Whiskey, Cigars, and Jesus Men's Retreat uh, being put on out there by the uh, Spiritual Retreat Foundation. Uh, Dan Seveny uh, out there at Sanctus Ranch is uh, bringing this back uh, by popular demand. If you did not get a chance, men, uh, to go to the, the first uh, installment, per se, uh, of this retreat, you know, now is your chance. You can go to sanctusranch.com uh, and click on events. Uh, so again, you've got the Solemn Mass of Roses taking place Saturday, uh, and then you've also got uh, the Whiskey Cigars and Jesus Retreat uh, for Men, October 7th through the 9th. And I also want to put another plug out there for the St. Helena uh, Catholic Church uh, Fall Festival, which is going to take place uh, October 8th. And they've got, you know, this this massive um and this massive day set out. Uh, it's going to be fun. You're going to have music, food, drinks, uh, and a $15,000 raffle with the opportunity at a $10,000 grand prize. Uh, so again, uh, for more information on that, you can visit the St. Helena, uh, you know, parish website at stHelena.org. So without further delay, let me go ahead and bring Bobby Contreras to the program. How you doing today, Bobby? Sean, it's great to be here. Praise the Lord. Uh, you might want to turn that blue button on one time. Hit that blue button. There you go. Let's start that again. How are right. you doing today, Bobby? I'm great. Praise <laughs> the Lord. I'm glad, glad to be here. Amen to that. You know, it's always a pleasure chatting with you because, um, you know, for those that don't know you, uh, you you are on fire, uh, you know, for for the faith. Uh, it is awesome just to be around you and talk to you. But you have a distinct pleasure uh, and a distinct passion uh, to talk about, you know, Saint Michael uh, and and the archangels and you know. So let let me let me first get you to introduce yourself to our listeners and maybe start there uh, and tell us how you you know how you, how this devotion to Saint Michael and the archangels even developed. Well, I have, first and foremost, I have a beautiful family that supports me, uh, my beautiful wife, Elizabeth, and my kids. Um, so, if, 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 wow, I'm so thankful to have them. They're, uh, I'm so thankful. I got to put that out there first. But, uh, no, uh, St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael are um, amazing, and my guardian angel's amazing, but they're also amazing to you, too, listeners, because um, we have our work cut out for us. We we We've got to um, utilize um, 
what they offer us, which is a whole bunch of uh, uh, beautiful inspiration, godly inspiration, um, you know, utilizing the sacraments, um, going to Mass. Um, I mean, there are so many ways that they uh, help us in, in our errors that we have, because many of us have um, a lot of errors and, um, uh, and, and we, you know, the way we think or maybe the way we uh, perceive something or um, so, you know, St. Michael has really aided me uh, through his protection, through my consecration. And I, and I, uh, I, I would ask that um, you would want to do that, too, that you would want to um, get close to St. Michael, St. Gabriel and St. Raphael and your guardian angel, their feast days coming up. That's right. Uh, actually, just in a couple of days, in fact. Yes. Uh, and I want to ask, of course, um, when you, how in the world did you even start this <laughs> devotion? You know, I, I know it was it just simply praying the, 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 the guardian angel prayers. Uh, was it praying the St. Michael prayer on a daily basis? How did you start this, uh, you know, this love and devotion to, to St. Michael? Over 20 years ago, it started, uh, when I surrendered myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. I said, um, you know, I can't do this anymore on my own. And I'm um, thankful for my mom praying for me, my grandmother. And uh, basically, um, I started to just to pray very simply the St. Michael prayer. Uh, we call it the Pope Leo Thirteenth prayer. Yeah, uh, It's a mini exorcism prayer. So I recommend that everybody utilize that prayer and then praying to your own guardian angel. Pray to your guardian angel in the morning and pray to your guardian angel at night. Amen. Uh, and it starts from there. It, you know, you want to journey deeper uh, with the Lord Jesus Christ, then utilize Team Jesus because that's his team right there. His team is big and beautiful, and they are bold, and they will help you. Amen to that. Uh, I want to, you know, ask you specifically, you know, regarding the changes that, you know, have occurred in your own, in your life. How has St. Michael been a part of that? Uh, how has he walked with you on, on your daily uh, journey of faith? You know, in, in what ways has he changed you as a, as a son, as a father, as a friend? Can you speak to that, Bobby? Yes. Um, he's showed me patience. He's showed me uh, virtue um, and all that comes with that, that it's good because God is good. So he's assisted me as he says he would and to lead me to, to, to see and journey with the Lord deeper, uh, to know the Father better, to know the Holy Spirit better. Um, so, you know, again, I, I would have not known this if I wouldn't have a devotion and a consecration to St. Michael and to St. Gabriel and to St. Uh, Raphael uh, and to Our Lady. So, again, they are all just... Um, have given me um, what I have, which, you know, it, it, it's a lot. And, um, you know, the Lord says in Scripture that, you know, uh, that, that he's got to trust you. You, 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 he's, you know, if he's going to give you something, he's got to trust you. And if he can trust you with small things, he can trust you with larger things right. too, right? Right. So, uh, you know, as you know, a little bit about my history too, Sean, uh, you see the fruit of it. You see the fruit of... Um, you know, and I, I'm going to tell you, it, it, it's not an easy walk. I mean, it, it, it's work. It's work. Um, we were uh, out in Orlando, Florida this past weekend, and uh, it was work across the board for not just me and, and my son who went, but my wife too. So uh, it, it, always a work in progress. Um, and, um, you know, but at the end of the day, you know, 
that you have done your best and they always always um give us that 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 inkling that yes okay you you you, you've done it for today okay then tomorrow's a new day so you can start fresh but no saint michael uh has um has continues to um show me beautiful paths that i've got to walk to, to to be closer with the lord jesus christ Amen. You know, I, I just love how you speak, uh, you know, with, with such passion about your love for, uh, you know, St. Michael. Uh, there's something else too, uh, that you wanted to talk about and something that we spoke about prior to, uh, going live here. But, uh, there's a movie coming out, uh, dedicated to St. Michael, right? It's actually about St. Michael, yo, St. Michael the Angel. Yes. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on, on this movie coming out? Well, I recommend listeners everybody get your whole family get them in the car and then go please go see it it's only out for one day that day and um you can probably get it on dvd later uh that's what i imagine but if you can get it there at the movies you're going to support this group uh and you're going to be amazed more amazed and you're going to learn about um the different apparitions of saint michael the archangel because mm-hmm. he's appeared everywhere he is wanting to aid us and intercede for all of us it's beautiful i recommend you i'm not going to say anymore but (laughs) i I want you to see it if you could if if it's god's will go check it out if not buy the dvd later but you'll be amazed uh what this group has done uh with uh for for god's greater glory through saint michael the archangel that's right and actually that movie is called saint michael meet the angel uh this yep. is a uh, looks like this is a one of those fathom events uh, type deals there's going to be three theaters uh, it's available at um regal hebner oak stadium 14 uh, Embassy 14, um, you know, over here off uh, 281 in, in Bitters area, mm-hmm. and the Cinemark San Antonio 16 uh, mm-hmm. location also. But you're right. Yeah, this is a one-day event. Yes. Um, so, folks, uh, again, if you want to kind of, you know, meet, you know, St. Michael, so to speak, if you want to get to know him yes. uh, more, you, you can actually, you know, go check out this movie, which is on, on September 29th. Uh, now, I want to ask you also something uh, that has always, you know, interested me when, when, when talking to you, Bobby. Uh, and that's, you're a, you're a, I don't want to use the word custodian, but you're a, a point of contact or, mm-hmm. you know, for the St. Michael, um, you know, cave rocks, right? I mean, the, right. these are rocks from, right. <laughs> from the, uh, from the cave in, in Gargano, Italy, yes. right? Monte so Gargano, t- yeah, yes. tell me about the, the, these, these rocks. Well, I recommend, uh, you listeners, uh, it's not just for, prayer warriors. It's for everybody. St. Michael really wants to aid everybody and all their families. So if you have a chance, um, if you need to, if you, if you'd like to, uh, I do, we do have these, um, angelic stones with us. I recommend you carry one. Um, and that, you know, St. Michael will help you to slay error and help you to, to be closer to the Lord journey deeper with the Lord. We have them They're They're, they're fine. And, and in fact, the priest that's, um, that we get him from, Father Peter Preshagerowitz with the Congregation of St. Michael the Archangel. He will be here uh, at the end of uh, January to the beginning of February at about three or four or five different parishes here in San Antonio. It's still in the making, TBD, to be to be determined, but for sure we got him locked in. I know he's going to St. Mary Magdalene, um, but uh, he's also going to some other uh, other other um, churches as well. So uh, I, I'm excited I'm excited that he's going to be here and, and uh, 
If you can't get these uh, angelic stones now, uh, you can get them when he's here too. You know, he, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he is part of the, the Carmelite order, is that, or the no. congregation of... Congregation of St. Michael the Archangel, right. CSMA, yes, right. that's what it's called. Can yeah. you tell us a little bit about that, yeah, uh, about their order? Their order, uh, their focus is on the, um, on, um, the orphan children, the, ho- the homeless, um, they're, uh, with the children with disabilities. So, uh, and they're uh, almost all over the world, uh, not quite, but they're getting there. And uh, they're a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful group of, uh, of religious. And um, gosh, they just do, I mean, Father Peter is so, 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 um, he's so educated uh, on all archangel, angel, um, mm-hmm. like you would not believe anything that has to do with that. I mean, uh, he blows me away on what um, I learned from what he has teaches because it's always a teaching moment mm-hmm. to say, uh, you know, he, 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 he'll he tell the congregation, are you, are you consecrated to your, to your guardian angel? Are you consecrated to St. Michael? You know, and uh, you want to be, con- do you want to be consecrated? We can do that here. And so I believe this time around, he'll do that. Um, he'll, and also, uh, you know, with the scapular and stuff like that. So there's a lot to do again, a lot of work, but, um, the dividends are beautiful. Amen. And, you know, as far as the, you know, as far as his visit, uh, I'm sure you're going to be keeping us, uh, up to date, you know, when, when that takes place. And we will certainly let uh, the listeners know, uh, you know, when to, you know, when to expect his, his visit and these talks, uh, regarding, you know, St. Michael, uh, the Archangel. Uh, if you would tell us, you know, could you talk to us about, uh, maybe the history of this, uh, the, these cave stones? Because these, these rocks, uh, actually come from the cave of St. Michael there in Gargano, uh, Italy. Mm-hmm. But could you tell us the history about that? I, I'm always uh, interested in, in hearing how this came about. Uh, there's some some story about a bull and, and, and all <laughs> yeah. that sort of stuff. Let's uh, tell our listeners about that. It's called the bull episode, and this is how it all <laughs> starts. Yeah, the bull, B-U-L-L. But um, so this happened in, in, in the fifth and in, in, at, at the end of the fifth and the beginning of the sixth century. So basically, um, this farmer lost a prize bull in this cave where St. Michael's cave is at as we speak. And uh, he could not get this prize bull out. And it was really hard to climb to where he was at. It was a, a steep area. So uh, basically, um, he was really frustrated and even tried to shoot an arrow at the bull. But what happened was the arrow came back to him. It didn't touch the bull and struck him instead. Uh, so he basically went to his bishop and he said to his bishop, I've got a problem here. Something's going on. This bull is 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 uh, 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 kneeling. That's yeah. what it was. He was kneeling to yeah. Saint Michael, and he's like, "I don't know. I I don't I don't know what's going on there." So he actually went and uh, and uh, with the bishop, and they uh, prayed and fast, and then Saint Michael began to appear. He appeared to to the bishop, and the bishop w- was frightened. Um, the bishop didn't listen to St. Michael when they spoke. So basically, to, 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 to sum it up, I will cut through the chase on, on, on the story, but St. Michael the Archangel, okay, he consecrated this cave. It's the only place in the world consecrated by an archangel because usually a church is consecrated by the bishop, right? okay, or archbishop. It depends where you're at. And so 
uh, that's, uh, you know, the art, that bishop just took too long. So uh, these um, angelic stones are very precious to St. Michael. Uh, he has said that if you have a devotion to him and you have a relic stone, that, that, that he will help liberate you. That's the key word. And show you the way and straight and narrow path to the bosom of God. Amen, man. That's 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 super deep. And you know, if if anyone want, if anybody wanted to learn more about you know these uh, the the Saint Michael uh, you know cave there in Gargano, if they wanted to uh, learn more about you know the these rocks, these Saint Michael cave rocks, um, you know, where can they find that information, Bobby? Sure, sure. You can go to uh, Saint Michael Archangel um, dot info. And it's there, um, or you can just type in uh, Father Peter, and then put C S M A. That's what I do sometimes, and boop, it pops right up. <laughs> and uh, you'll see, uh, you'll see, you know, uh, what you need to learn. There's so much to learn yeah. about Saint Michael, and it's incredible. Yes. Amen to that. And uh, if you're joining us on Facebook, in fact, um, on the on the live stream, I'm, I'm holding up uh, this reliquary uh, with the this large, massive, uh, you know, rock from the cave of uh, Saint Michael there in Gargano, Italy. Uh, it is absolutely, you know, beautiful. And uh, you know, to to your point, Bobby, you know, as you were saying. You know, there's so many ways that, you know, God communicates with us, but, you know, uh, none more evident, of course, than, than the, the holy angels, right? right. And, and on, right. uh, on the 29th, we, we celebrate three of the, uh, named archangels, uh, right. you know, in, in scripture, Michael, uh, Gabriel and, and Raphael, right? Right. Uh, how does one practically, um, you know, start a devotion? You know, maybe, maybe they've never really, you know, had a, a devotion to even their, their own guardian angel. I mean, how would you suggest somebody even start uh, a, a devotion to these holy angels? I would say, honestly, I, this is what got me. Hook, line, sinker was mm-hmm. doing the devotion uh, or the chaplet of St. Michael the Archangel because it goes through the nine salutations. Yeah, It breaks it down. And gives you the crux of what he's going to help you with. Yeah. And it's so beautiful. I, I won't, I, I won't, I won't, uh, you know, I'll leave it in suspense. That's maybe your homework for you, uh, listeners, is what is the chaplet of St. Michael? Okay. And look into it. Look into it. See what it is. Pray it. It, it, it takes about 15 minutes, but it's beautiful. You're walking with, 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 with St. Michael, your guardian angel. Saint Raphael and Saint Gabriel. Mm-hmm. And so you're being instructed and you just break down the nine salutations and you'll be in awe on exactly what they speak about and what it's all about. And then, and then I think maybe you would be uh, inspired. Yeah. You will, you, your, your guardian angel will say, Hey, uh, let's pray the chaplet and then ask your guardian angel to pray with you. He will Amen. pray with you, and he will inspire you. Yeah, you know, I want to. I want to bring something up too, as as we continue to talk about Saint Michael. You know, the 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 prayer to Saint Michael the Archangel we we discussed. Uh, you mentioned yourself; it, it's a personal exorcism uh, prayer of exorcism. Yes. In fact, and and if you went line by line through through that prayer, you know, Saint Michael the Archangel, defend us in in battle. Amen. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. Yes. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray, and do thou. O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, 
Thrust into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Amen. You know, when, when you pray that prayer and you pray it with, with fervor and with intent, uh, right? I mean, in, in the first, you know, opening lines, you know, be our, def- defend us in battle. What battle is it that we're facing, Bobby? Wow. Well, you know, we have the Nincene Creed. Um, it talks about what we can see and what we can't see, sure. right? So it's what we can't see. It's what we're battling. And uh, I'm thankful. I tell people, uh, I'm thankful that um, it was only a third of the bad angels that fell. And there's still two thirds up there that are battling with us and for us. And so if we want to know God deeper and better and we want to be protected, if we, you know, we have our protection on, then we have a devotion to St. Michael. Amen to yes. that. And, you know, as, as I continue and I've got this prayer up for, up for me, uh, just so I can actually, you know, see the, the words. And, you know, when, when you pray it after mass and such, and there's a lot of parishes that, that do that. Um, even personally, uh, you know, my wife and I will, will pray the St. Michael prayer, you know, uh, you know, after mass. But, you know, to see the words and, and really, you know, kind of see, hear, and, and speak them, you know, it, it's, it adds a little more, you know, a, a little more to it. Yes. And, uh, I, I love this line, you know, um, by the power of God thrust into hell, Satan. So it's not St. Michael on his own. It's through God's own power, right. all right, bestowed upon the right. archangel Michael right. that he can thrust, you know, Satan right. into the depths of hell, right? Right. His name, Michael, uh-huh. who is like unto God. Yeah. That's what his name translates to. No. It's a beautiful name. It is. Wow. My, it, my brother is Eric Michael. So yes, um, now my parents did a good job naming him, but I wish I was Michael, but it's okay. I know him really well, so (laughs) it's all good. (laughs) You you know, with with just a couple of minutes left to go uh, in in this discussion, uh, Bobby, um, you know, Michael himself is is an archangel, right? Yeah. There's nine choirs of angels. Yes. Now, where do archangels rank in the whole um, in, in the whole hierarchy of, of of angels? And you don't have to be specific, yeah. but are they higher or lower than the seraphim? Which I believe is what Satan himself, uh, you know, uh, when he was an angel before I he was the cast ser- down. The seraphim are, are the are, highest, yes, right? Yes. And the archangels yes. were. Well, if well, they're the highest, right. well, there's only lower, right? right and right. here you have St. Michael, all right, in, in his lower ranking, so to speak, thrust Satan. Well, because he was the most humble. That's right. And that's what killed the enemy. Amen. Because he rebelled. The enemy rebelled. And uh, if you want to help convert somebody, pray the chaplet. Help pray it for them. Pray it, you know, ask St. Michael to intercede for them. Amen. Get, get, a, and get an angelic stone. Yeah, you, you know, know, with uh, with less than a minute to go uh, in, in our discussion, if people do, uh, you know, have questions uh, regarding a, a devotion uh, to to the holy angels, if they have questions on obtaining, uh, you know, some of these, you know, Saint Michael cave rocks, uh, do they contact you? Sure, you can contact me locally here at two ten. 210- Eight six three zero five seven three. That's right, uh, and I know you've got some other things going on, uh, you know, too, with the the servants of divine mercy. Uh, yes. What can we expect in the in the coming weeks? Well, uh, Padre Martin Scott, my our spiritual director of our family, he will be here uh, uh, October fifteenth in Yavaldi, Texas, and then uh, he will be uh, at Holy Trinity. Uh, and I think like two other churches. So yeah, sure. he, we, he, he, we've got our work cut out and, um, we'll have all, all we'll have uh, these 
angelic stones here and also the first class relic of saint maria faustina amen yes. well folks uh, again if you're just tuning in and uh, having this wonderful discussion with mr bobby contreras uh talking about all things saint michael uh, just as a reminder the movie uh you know for for saint michael the archangel is going to be taking place uh at three different um you know locations uh you know you want to look that up the saint michael movie his feast day is uh celebrated on thursday september 29th that music means that we're going to go to a quick break and when we come back we're going to be uh talking all things saint therese with father jorge cabrera uh, so don't change the station we will be right back calling all men the whiskey cigars and jesus retreat is backed by popular demand This men's retreat will take place from October 7th through October 9th at Sanctus Ranch in Pipe Creek. On this retreat, we'll gather for worship and adoration, hear interesting talks, share great food, and relax daily, all while growing in our walk with the Lord. Space is limited, so don't wait. Reserve your spot now and go to SanctusRanch.com and click on events to register. We hope you'll join us. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Early in our parenting, we were introduced to the importance of first-time obedience. Now, some of you out there might be thinking, this is an impossible concept for toddlers, let alone teenagers, to understand. But it's not. Mind you, while it is possible, we didn't say it would be easy. As we form our children, we need to understand that obedience is a virtue, a very important virtue, that includes respect, self-control, and the training of the will. How do you train your child in obedience? First, you expect it. You set the expectation that your child will listen the first time. Not when you count to five, not when they feel like it, not when they agree with you, but right away. And then second, when your child doesn't obey the first time, give them a quick reminder and then a consequence. Yes, some children will need to be reminded again and again, but that's okay. Because remember, parenting is a marathon, not a sprint. For more help on discipline and other resources, visit us at MessyFamilyMinute.org. Hello, sisters in Christ. How do you feel seeing your husband and son playing, reading, or praying together? As a mom of three boys, I find it heartwarming. To encourage this father-son time, they join the troops of St. George in an outdoor apostolate that brings fathers and sons together and deepens their relationship with the Eternal Father. At campouts, they hike, whittle, pray the rosary, and more. It's great hearing their adventures and seeing smiles after. Check them out at troopsofstgeorge.org, Facebook, and Twitter. May God bless you. And welcome back, listeners, to your live and local program. This is In His Vineyard. I'm Sean Rice, your host for the program every Monday at noon. I'm also uh, the proud general manager of the Guadalupe Radio Network, South and Central Texas listening area. Uh, If you're just tuning in, we just wrapped up a wonderful conversation with Mr. Bobby Contreras uh, regarding, uh, you know, St. Michael the Archangel uh, and their feast day that, uh, you know, we're celebrating on Thursday, the 29th. Uh, Now we're going to be bringing on Father Jorge Cabrera. Uh, de la, Father Jorge Cabrera de la Eucaristia uh, of the National Shrine of the Little Flower. Uh, he is the supreme or the superior for the Descalced Carmelite Fathers here in San Antonio, Texas. They're out of the Basilica of the uh, National Shrine of the Little Flower uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, so without delay, I want to welcome Father Jorge uh, to the program. How are you doing today, Father? I'm very well. Thanks for the God. Thank you for having me. Now, it is uh 
honestly a true pleasure. I know I've been wanting to have a you know have you come out here and, and discuss uh, you know certain different topics with us. But I know one topic that you're very familiar with uh, is the topic of Saint Therese of Lisieux uh, and whose feast day we happen to be celebrating. Um, you know, coming up this Saturday on October first. Uh, so before we get started, you know, in, in talking about uh, Saint Therese, Father, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe introduce yourself uh, to our listeners and and explain you know what exactly what your role as superior is for the Descalced Carmelite Fathers? Well, as you said, uh, my name is Father Jorge Maria Cabrera uh, of the Eucharist, and I am stationed in San Antonio here at the Basilica of the Little Flower, and I'm the, right now the vicar, the parochial vicar, and the uh, superior of the community of friars, meaning, you know, I'm uh, the one in charge of basically coordinating and overlooking the, our life as a religious community of friars here in, in San Antonio. That is awesome. Now, I want to ask you, so, you know, the, if, can you define uh, the mission of the Little Flower Basilica here in San Antonio? If you were able to define it, because I know y'all do a lot uh, for the community, uh, what, would that, what would that be, you know, if you could define that mission? What would that mission be for, you know, the, for the religious order here in San Antonio? Well, we, we hope and we pray uh, that our presence here in San Antonio be an extension of the mission of uh, St. Therese herself, sure. which was basically to love Jesus and make him loved, to spread the message and the witness and the teachings of St. Therese as a doctor of the church and a saint, uh, to draw more people to the heart of Christ like she so uh, much desired. And, you know, for us as friars, as a religious community, um, you know, we, we live our life of prayer and, and community life, uh, living our discalced Carmelite charism. And in San Antonio, because we are in charge of the Basilica, we have that, you know, it, it, it's a spe- specific mission we have uh, here being in San Antonio, the Basilica, to, to be hopefully an extension of, of the Little Flowers uh, mission. Amen. You know, if if I can ask you, Father, because one thing that we, when we talk about, you know, St. Therese, um, you know, some of the names that, you know, St. Therese of of the child Jesus, you know, uh, the little flower, uh, people talk about, you know, her 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 little way, I believe. Can you talk to us, uh, you know, those of us that may not be uh, familiar with St. Therese, can you talk about that spirituality with us? Well, I would have to start uh, speaking about her own life journey, because that's where it comes from. Sure. Uh, Therese, uh, different f- from what some people believe, uh, did not live a life, uh, a comfortable, ideal, nice, and cute life. Sure. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, she struggled growing yeah. up a lot. Uh, and in the middle of those struggles of her fragility, she was able to sense in our Lord revealed to her how he was present and active in the midst of that messiness of her life, of that fragility, of that powerlessness, and how he he invited her to embrace this mercy and love that he offered her, and that that's what made her a great saint and a, and a witness and a prophet of God's mercy to, to the world. And, you know, one of the beautiful things about St. Therese is that like I believe, I think it was Pope Pius XII, I believe it was, that she has the gift of bringing us back to the very core 
of the gospel message, mm-hmm. the very core of the gospel message. Which, I mean, if we look in the catechism, the, it says that the good news of the gospel is the revelation in Jesus Christ of God's mercy to sinners. That's it. The revelation in Jesus Christ of God's mercy to sinners. And St. Therese brings, brings us back to that core message because for some reason <laughs> or for many reasons, many of us sometimes lose sight of that core message and we get lost in the branches. Yeah, And we unconsciously or consciously think that the gospel is about what I, what I do, what I don't do, what I do right, what I do wrong, mm-hmm. what I, 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 we think it's self-referential. And we think the gospel is founded on my spiritual resume, you know, and, and, and we're self-focused. And Therese says, no, this is the revelation in Jesus, Jesus Christ of God's mercy to sinners. We need to discover, embrace that mercy, that merciful love, and allow the Lord to do the work in us with our poor efforts, you know, which are in themselves, our efforts in themselves are useless, but they're necessary. In themselves, our efforts are useless, but they're necessary because without God's grace, our efforts are nothing. Right. And Therese reminds us that our focus and our hope cannot be on ourselves, but on God's mercy. Wow, that's beautiful, Father. Um, and I know you've, so can you tell us, how did you yourself personally come to this, this love for the, you know, for, for the Carmelites, for this Carmelite spirituality? How did that yourself uh, come about? Because if I, I'm not mistaken, uh, you were ordained in 2001 and joined the Carmelite Fathers then, or can you tell us a little bit about that? I entered the Carmelites in 2001, mm-hmm. and I was ordained in 2009. Okay. Uh, well, this was a whole process, as expected. Uh, I became familiar with the Carmelite spirituality um, when I was still living in Puerto Rico. I was born and raised there uh, through some friends that were being exposed to it. And then at uh, some point in my life, when I was in college, I moved to live uh, with my uncle and his family in Orlando to attend college there. And my aunt, she was a third order Carmelite, mm-hmm. an old Carm of the other branch of the Carmelites. And I used to attend the meetings with her. And the lady in charge of formation of that community was magnificent. And she was giving conferences and classes on St. Teresa of Avila's books. And I was just captivated by that. And little by little, my, my spiritual life began being shaped by Carmelite spirituality. So, of course, at some point, uh, I, I felt very much drawn to the order, and I applied, and, <laughs> and here I am. Yeah. Now, how many, uh, you know, when, when we talk about the, the Carmelites here, here in the States, uh, so the, the order of Carmelites actually stems from, you know, from, from Mount Carmel and uh, right. from Elijah, right? Can you give us a, a little bit uh, of history there, and can you talk to us after, uh, you know, it, you know the, the impact of the, the Carmelite order here in the United States, uh, you know, generally? Well, the Carmelites started uh, during the Crusades in the Middle Ages mm-hmm. uh, when the, uh, many European men went to the Holy Land to, to fight. When the Crusades were over at that point, some, a group of them, instead of going back to Europe, they decided to stay at Mount Carmel to live uh, lives uh, as hermits, uh, inspired by the figure of St. Elijah, who had been the prophet Elijah, who had been at Mount Carmel. So they began living life as hermits, and they had a profound devotion to Our Lady, whom they began invoking as Our Lady of Mount Carmel. And they built a chapel in her honor uh, there at Mount Carmel. 
Eventually, St. Albert of Jerusalem, the Patriarch of Jerusalem, gave them a rule of life, and they began living as an official, if you may, religious order. And then uh, the uh, Muslims came back to that area of Mount Carmel, and the, uh, the hermits had to flee. Mm. Some of them were killed, so they had to flee to Europe. And in Europe, that's where the spread of the order happened uh, through Europe and from there to the rest of the world. And in this, uh, uh, the 1500s, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, who was a Carmelite nun, decided to reform the order mm-hmm. to bring it back to a more contemplative uh, uh, way of life. And she reformed the, the, the nuns. And that's where the discalced Carmelite nuns come for, from. Mm-hmm. And then with the help of St. John of the Cross, she reformed, they both reformed the friars, the male branch. And that's where I belong. Amen. Um, you know, when you mentioned, you know, her kind of, you know, I guess what, what's the proper, you know, she re, reawakened the, the, the order uh, and, and such, St. Teresa of, uh, you know, St. Teresa of Avila um, and, and such. So, you know, I guess how did it, how did it come to be, you know, when, when St. Teresa of Avila, um, you know, was, was going through this, how did the message, you know, spread overseas? I guess how long have y'all been here in the United States then, Father? Oh, my heavens, I, I owe you the exact date. But, for example, our semi-province, uh, the friars that founded our semi-province here in, in, in the southern part of the U.S., mm-hmm. came from Mexico. They were fleeing the persecution of <laughs> Pancho Villa from Mexico. They were expelled, and they uh, established themselves here. Uh, that must have been in the 1920s, around the 1920s, mm-hmm. maybe earlier. The Basilica, for example, was uh, dedicated in 1931. Okay. So it must have been, you know, years, years before that. Uh, so that that's how our semi-province uh, reached, you know, how it was first reached the U.S. There are two other provinces. Uh, provinces are like the areas in which the order is divided worldwide. There are three provinces of our order in the U.S. And we are the semi-province of St. Therese. You know, there was something that you mentioned earlier when talking about St. Teresa of Avila, how she reformed it to be a more contemplative community. Uh, what is meant to, to be a more contemplative community? Because if I'm not mistaken, on your website, on the website of littleflowerbasilica.org, I believe it is, uh, and people can find out all sorts of information. Uh, but from what I gathered, y'all are the only active, uh, con- you know, contempt- you know uh, contemplative uh, religious order here in San Antonio. Is that right? Uh, I, I I believe so. I'm not uh, absolutely sure, but you may be right. But when what we mean when, when we say mm-hmm. uh, we're contemplative, we give a very considerable amount of time to silent prayer. Um, oh. for, for, from there, it's that is what is meant to be the source of our apostolate. Um, you know, before we go to minister to others, we, we need to have, of course, we need to rest our heads on the heart of Christ uh, quietly so we can be a carrier of that love to others. Uh, so we, uh, apart from praying the Liturgy of the Hours in common, the whole Liturgy of the Hours, except night prayer, which we pray privately, mm-hmm. uh, we dedicate uh, an hour of silent prayer in the morning and another hour of silent prayer in the evening. 
And apart from that, well, we have also our apostolates, you know, in the uh, in the basilica. But that's where it all comes from, mm-hmm. you know, that time of uh, giving our Lord loving attention, loving and quiet attention, uh, that exchange of love, which is meant to be, uh, you know, the source of our of our life and the source of what we can give to the church. Amen. Um, now we've got the we've got the feast day celebration, the you know for for Saint Therese. But there are a lot of uh, events leading up. Mm-hmm. Uh, to the uh, you know the the, the the solemn mass celebration, uh, and I, I saw that uh, you know His Excellency uh, Bishop Yannick is going to be celebrating mass, and there will be a reception mm-hmm. to follow. Uh, but can you uh, you know tell our listeners it? I'm sure there's a lot of people that would be interested in participating in some of these uh, masses. Uh, this novena, can you talk yeah. to us about the novena uh, to Saint Therese? We started the novena of Saint Therese on the 22nd of this month, mm-hmm. and we have been doing the novena prayers throughout the masses uh, these days. And of course, people submit their intentions and their donations to include them. So all the masses, uh, you know, that are being said these days are for all those intentions. And uh, of course, it's nine days before the, the solemn feast day. And we, we have uh, uh, the, the solemn mass of St. Therese will be this Saturday at 5.30 at the Basilica. And of course, I encourage everybody to attend. If, if you go, uh, make sure you get there a little bit earlier uh, because we usually get a, a lot of people, which is a good problem to have. Amen. Um, but the, the day before, we have a very interesting event as well. Uh, the, uh, the day before Friday, on Friday, we have, I believe, at 5.30, what we call the Transitus of St. Therese, which is we read from a work by uh, called Her Last Conversations, which is the, the recording of her convent sisters of her last moments before she died, what she said, what was happening. So it's a prayerful reading of that account interjected by sacred music from our choir mm-hmm. and prayers. It's like accompanying Therese in those, those last moments before she entered into uh, you know heaven. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. So I, I encourage you, if you can make it to that, it's very interesting to join us again Friday, this Friday at 5.30 uh, at the Basilica. And then... Uh, the, uh, we were going to have after that at six uh, a vigil mass for Saint Therese, but the solemn mass will be the following day, Saturday, five thirty. Mm-hmm. Father, I, quick question: I'm not putting you on a spot, but do you, are y'all going to expose or let anybody touch any of her relics? Do you oh, have yeah. any of her relics there? Oh yes, we have first class relics of Therese, and okay. yes, they will be available. And which yes. day would that be? Would that be? Would that happen? One on Friday or Saturday? I would say mainly Saturday. Uh, but I, I mean, if, if, if you go and you want to see the relic and you don't see that nothing, <laughs> anything is happening, please go to the, tell one of us and we'll be happy to bring it out for you, uh, to venerate really? it. Really? Yes, 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 yes. What kind of relic do you have of hers? It's a tiny little piece of bone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, awesome. You know, how awesome. beautiful is that, that we had this available to us right here in our own backyard, you know, uh, the, the Little Flower Basilica located over there on, on Zara Zamora on, on the city's west side, um, where you can venerate and, and see a first class relic of a, not just a, a saint of our, you know, uh, of our time, uh, but a doctor of the church. And that's gonna, you know, I, I want to talk about that with you a little bit, Father. Uh, you know, Saint Therese of Lisieux, um, you know, she, like you said, you know, she had a, it, her, her life wasn't about, you know, um, it, it wasn't cute. 
per, no. per se. I mean, she she suffered. Yeah. You know, she Much. died at the age of 24 years 24. old. Yes, and uh, she was known as a doctor of the church. Uh, can you tell us what wow. is meant by uh, her being named doctor of the doctor. church? Mm-hmm. Uh, a doctor of the church is a person who is a saint, you know, who is recognized her, uh, in her case, her holiness, and also whose doctrine and teachings have a universal value for all times and all peoples. Mm-hmm. It's not only circumscribes or only pertinent for people of a certain age, a certain time in history, it's, it's for, you know, the whole thing. And uh, the doctor of the church also has had the capacity to bring new depth and light into a particular uh, area of the mystery of faith. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a treasure that the church already had, but a doctor of the church has been able to dig deeper and to bring out more clarity sure. into a particular mystery of faith. So, Amen. You know, and as we have a couple of images here around the office, uh, you know, with of, of St. Therese of Sioux, and uh, I have one where she was probably around the age of eight. And when, yeah. as I do the office tours and uh, show people around the office, I like to point out um, that image because, yeah, she's about, you know, eight years old in that image. But then I walk her, you know, I walk them around to, to another photo where she's about 20 something years old. Right. Mm-hmm. So she's older now. And to think that this, you know, this eight year old young girl would grow up to be, you know, this doctor of the church, uh, one of, I believe, four female doctors of the church. Mm. Uh, one yes, of four. Teresa of Avila, St. Teresa of Avila, St. Catherine of Siena, St. Teresa of Lisieux, and St. Hildegard. Right. So, I mean, she's, I mean, definitely, I mean, her to be, you know, her she's as the a youngest. Saint. She's the youngest yes. of, the, of the, yeah. That, that is just, just amazing, I think. Um, now, when we talk about her, you know, her, her little way, right? What is it meant to be her little way? I know you talked about her simplicity and bringing out, you know, the, uh, our, our vocation uh, to, to follow Christ. But what is meant by her little way? Well, and I'm going to go back to her life to tell you, to answer the question. Sure. Uh, when, when you said that Therese suffered, I'm going to give you concrete examples. Uh, Therese grew up being a very anxious anxious, uh, in, in emotionally frail uh, uh, little girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, When she was three months old, she had to be separated from her mother to be taken to a wet nurse because she was having problems uh, breastfeeding. And we believe part of the reason is because her mother was beginning to have the first symptoms of breast cancer. Mm. So she was separated from her mother figure to go for 15 months with this wet nurse. And then she was separated from that wet nurse with whom she had already bonded to go back to her mother. So those are two separations from the mother figure. Then when she was three or four, her mother dies of breast cancer, another separation from her mother figure. And then she clung emotionally to one of her older sisters, Pauline, who she clung as if she was uh, her mother. Mm-hmm. And then years later, Colleen left to go to the convent of the Carmelite nuns and you know, throughout this process, Therese grew up being very anxious, very afraid. She could not function outside of the immediate family. She did not know how to relate to other people. She felt afraid and anxious. So when she went to school, she was, of course, a, a big target for bullies <laughs> because she was very odd. She was socially awkward. She didn't know how to comb in her own hair or tie her shoes yeah. because her sisters and father overprotected her. So she suffered a, a lot when the sister went to the convent. Eventually, this caused her a nervous breakdown that almost, I mean, they thought she was not going to survive it. Wow. Uh, 
So, I mean, she's very pretty. And there are so many people today who suffer from anxiety, right? Yeah. And depression and all that. Well, Therese knows exactly how that, what that feels like. And there was a beautiful intervention of Our Lady uh, when she was having one of her crises uh, in her nervous breakdown. And uh, she was healed from that uh, at that moment. And then eventually certain life events, she was uh, healed from her emotional fragility because she would cry over everything. She's, she herself says, I was, you know, quite annoying. I would cry for anything. And then when I, you know, when I calmed down, I would cry because I had cried. So she said, I was very hard to be around. <laughs> uh, so all these live events continue. And she detects the Lord's presence speaking to her in simple ways, in simple uh-huh. spiritual insights. Well, this from this came Saint, you know, Saint Therese, the, the teacher of the little way, a way that consists basically on three very simple steps. First, acknowledge your weakness and your sins. Acknowledge your weakness, your powerlessness before God. That's the first step. Second, keep on trying. Keep on trying, even if your attempts are not always or perfectly successful. Keep on trying because that's how we show God our goodwill. Keep on trying. And third, keep on trusting in God's merciful love that He will fill that gap. Because only God is only asking for our goodwill. God knows that we of ourselves cannot be saved. We need a Savior. Mm-hmm. So Therese says, don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Have confidence. Keep on doing your part in itself is going to be useless <laughs> in itself, but God is God can work with our poor, unsuccessful attempts. God is there working. Okay. The great temptation comes when we give up. Amen. And, but, you know, Therese reminds us, uh, you know, holiness is not perfection. For her, holiness is not perfection. Holiness is doing the best we can. Amen. And um, we, we remember the, the passage of the poor widow in the gospel, right? Yes. She only put two cents. But to Jesus, she gave more than anybody else. But to the eyes of the people, of course, she was just giving nothing. But people who knew her circumstances knew she was doing the best she could do. And that's what holiness is. Even if at the eyes of other people, it doesn't look, we don't look that holy or others. God knows if that person is doing everything he can possibly do given his wounds, his limitations, his fertility, but only God knows that. And God is present. And he blesses many times these little souls, as St. Therese calls them, because they are in the midst of their misery and weakness, they are filled with hope in God, in their humility. They're not hoping in themselves. They're hoping in God, and that is, that is very pleasing to the heart of God. Amen. Now, Bobby, you had a question for Father. Can you f- Father speak a little bit about her parents? Oh, <laughs> both canonized. Yes. Uh, again, uh, you know, Zélie and Louis Martin, yes. uh, two saints. And, you know, when you, you, again, when you see their lives, they struggle too. Yes. <laughs> uh, Zélie, uh, her mother was raised by a very, very, very strict and severe mother. So Zaley also had her share of anxiety <laughs> and she lost, I, I can't remember the exact number, but she lost like four 
babies mm-hmm. after they were born, where they were little, wow. they died on on her, and this was very very hard for her, of course. And uh, of course, when you have a little child, this this has been proven. You know, when a mother is is anxious, that anxiety is somehow transmitted to the to the child. Sure. So we we think that that's. You know, one of the reasons where uh, one of the places where Tress picked that up, but Zaley again always ultimately surrendered to God's will in her life, even when the events of her life were, uh, you know, many times very very painful, and she she died a very very holy holy death. And Louis Martin, he was a clockmaker uh, and uh, also a very devout man. Both Zaley and Louis, they both wanted to be religious. Uh, originally, mm-hmm. uh, I believe uh, Louis wanted to be a Benedictine, but he didn't know Latin, so he was not accepted. <laughs> and Zaley, I think she tried with the Daughters uh, of Charity of St. Vincent de Paul, but you know, it was discerned that it was not her calling. Uh, but beautiful, the letters, that, when you read their letters to each other, beautiful model of holiness in the sacrament of matrimony. Yeah. Love for God and love for each other and their surrender to God's God's will in their lives. So, yeah, amazing witness. Amen. Uh, and with just a minute to go, Father, um, can you tell us of uh, you know some more of the uh, events that take place there at the Little Flower Basilica? I mean, you do the heritage tours and all of that too, right? We, we do heritage tours of the Basilica. You know, you can contact our office uh, to to a program to schedule one. It's they're very interesting. There's a lot of uh, art and religious uh, richness in the Basilica, so we do that. We are, of course. Our daily mass at noon every single day, um, and of course, as as the solemnity of Saint Teresa is approaching, we have also the events that I, that I described. Uh, so please come come visit us. Amen. And before uh, you know the music cuts us off, would you leave us uh, with with the blessing, Father? Sure. Good and merciful God, we thank you and praise you for the gift of your Son Jesus Christ. We ask you to be with us, to fill us with your presence to deepen our conviction of your love for us, to deepen our conviction that you are trustworthy, uh, that we may surrender to your love in us. Bless us. Bless all those who are listening to us. Bless those of us who are here in this studio. May we, like St. Therese, have a burning desire to love Jesus and make him loved, that we may be carriers of the message of the gospel like she was. And the blessing of Almighty God, the Father and the Son, and the Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Thank you, Father, for uh, joining us today. Thank you, Bobby, for joining us today. Thank you. Uh, again, folks, uh, until next week, let us all continue to labor with love, joy, and zeal in our hearts in his vineyard. God bless all of you. St. Joseph Catholic Church in Divine is hosting Oktoberfest on Saturday, October 1st, starting at 11 a.m. This family event is sure to impress. This year, there's over $40,000 in donated prizes to include a new 2021 Ford Eco, gift cards, and more. Barbecue plates and food trucks will be available to satisfy your appetite. Live music will also be performed. For more details, call the parish at 830-663-2244. 
The Guadalupe Radio Network would like to thank Luciano and Silvia Chorciati, owners of Food Related, for their proud support of KJMA 89.7 FM here in San Antonio. They're proud parishioners of St. Mark the Evangelist Catholic Church. For more information, you can find Food Related online at foodrelated.com. Thank you, Luciano and Silvia Chorciati, for your support of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Many committed Christians hold to this axiom. If it's in the Bible, I believe it, and that settles it. Well, here you go. 1 Timothy 2 states the following about women as related to church life. No braiding the hair, no gold jewelry, no pearls. Just learn in silence and do not teach. Does your pastor comply with these biblical instructions? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, an unpleasant fact. Many self-proclaimed Bible-only churches, sadly, will pick and choose what parts of the the Bible are implemented in the life of the church. Secondly, Catholic catechism. Be especially attentive to, quote, the content and unity of the whole scripture. And thirdly, a tough comeback. In order to understand the sacred author's intention, we must take into account culture, audience, and the literary genre. So if your Bible-only church does not strictly obey those instructions, then tell me the reason why. Well, we know, you know, 80% of your church is handled by women. So with those instructions in force, many women will leave your church, maybe even the pastor's wife. Ouch.